The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What does it mean to be present? To try and stay in the moment that you're in and not worry about the future or regret the past? It's something I've been trying to do for a long time. I'm Diane Ray, and I have always had questions about the big picture. God, life after death, spirituality, metaphysics, and what drives people to do what they do. And I like to ask them about it and learn from it. If you're a seeker like me, I hope you join me for some of these conversations on the podcast and be present with me in this moment. Thanks for joining the podcast conversation today. If you're a regular listener or even a semi-regular listener, or you know anything about me, you know I'm fascinated with topics on spirituality, uh, channeling, mediumship, all of that stuff. I've been fascinated since I was a kid. Like I was the weird girl that had the tarot cards at the slumber party <laughs> kind of thing. So, I mean, I'm I'm interested in in that whole world and, and unanswered questions and can we do things that other people can do, people that are mediums and channelers and things like that? So I'm really excited about my guest today to be able to share her wisdom with us. And my guest today is a professional intuitive channeler and author, Stephanie Banks, and she's the author of the bestseller, Joining Joni, Staying Connected to Your Loved One Through Dementia and Beyond. And she's currently completing her second book about her spiritual journey. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. And I spent some time uh, before our interview today uh, watching Stephanie's TED Talk, I Am an Intuitive Channel, and she shares her unexpected experience with channeling and invites all of us to discover our own intuitive gifts. So really, that's what I wanted to dig in and talk to her about today. So Stephanie, I'm really glad you could join the conversation. Thank you so much. I am thrilled to see what unfolds with our conversation today. Right. You never know what can happen. So <laughs> I, like I said in the in the beginning, I mean, I've always been interested in this world and people that can do um, mediumship and tapping into the beyond and life after death and, and all of those things. And as a as a channeler, like, and I say that kind of in quotes, even though I hate doing air quotes, I think that channeling sometimes can have a scary or weird connotation. Um, I mean, I've read a lot of published channelers. I mean, people might be familiar with Esther and Jerry Hicks, you know, especially if they listen to this podcast or any of the other podcasts on our network on mindbodyspirit.fm. I mean, there's Esther and Jerry Hicks, you know, Paul Selig, um, go back to the 70s, there's Seth, 
even the Ramtha stuff. And these people, when you watch them channel, it would seem like something completely took over their body. They would speak in a different voice. It was almost like a possession or some or something in a sense. So I think people are like, wow, that's just weird, <laughs> you know? But when I think of channeling, in in a sense, I'm, I'm really just trying to connect to what I think is my higher self. And I ask myself questions all the time, you know, every night or in prayer or late at night, early in the morning, if I have a, a problem that's really bothering me, I just sit back and I go, what should I do? You know, give me some, give me some advice. Give me some help. Who am I asking? You know, I don't know. It could be my higher self, God, a guide, an, an angel, that kind of thing. I mean, I, I guess, tell me what, what's your experience? Like what got you interested in in doing this kind of work and, and channeling and, and what do you consider channeling, I guess would be a good start. Mm. Well, the way I define channeling, this is just for me, but it is connecting to divine energy and wisdom. And I believe that we are divine energy. <laughs> so when we channel, we're not going outside of ourselves to receive. We're going to that quiet, still place within and listening. So when you ask in your example uh, for guidance or support with a particular area or question or decision in your life, um, yeah, your, your own soul, your higher self may be that which you are listening for, for that truth and that insight. It may be source energy. It may be the angelic realm. We all have different um, preferences, I suppose, of where we're tuning into. But that's what channeling is for me. And I did not, unlike you, I, I wasn't exposed to any of this, nor did I have my own tarot cards as a child. Oh, that would have been fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd known that slumber party. That would have been great fun. Um, I didn't start having any of these interests until... Um, 15, 20 years ago. And it was because I met a new best friend when I relocated to Florida and she was a professional channel. And if, if not for her, I would not be who I am, what I am, where I am doing what I am right now. So I'm incredibly grateful for this precious soul that was in my life. She's on the other side now, but we enjoyed a very close friendship for years. And she taught me channeling and I went to her mentor and then I went to other mentors and essentially it came at a point in my life where I really needed an alternative form of communication for my own mother who had dementia and her dementia affected her it's it's a type that affects people in their younger years so she was in her 50s when her symptoms began and by the time I really needed to find another non-traditional way to communicate with her, it, her, her dementia was quite a bit more advanced. So um, this friend would channel my mother for me. And my questions at that time were, how can I support my mom? What does she need from me? What's, what that, what's coming up in her journey that I can prepare for on some level? And as my background with, as a speech pathologist, I had a lot of clinical experience working with people who had cognitive disorders, communication disorders. I knew dementia. I knew dementia clinically. But having it be my mother and having our, our connection be threatened by this progressive neurological issue was um, too much. So I went, I went to spirit. I went to my friend who channeled my mom's soul and really gave me an opportunity to stay beautifully connected to my mom through the remainder of her earthly journey and even now while she's on the other side. 
That's so fascinating. I saw your TED, TEDx talk and I urge people to go and, and check that out because you share uh, a little bit of the experience of working with Joni who had dementia that uh, you write about in your book. And I want to get your book too, because I'm curious. Um, my my own experience, I mean, my father had dementia and he had Alzheimer's. And when I was listening to your talk, I was really wishing that I had some of that information in my own hands at that time, because I wish I could have connected with him to find out what he was feeling. Was he afraid? Was there something I could have done mm. to be more supportive through that experience? And then, you know, of course, after he passed, I, I would love to be able to have that connection with him, you know, now and, and continuing. I mean, they, both my parents still show up in, in dreams occasionally, but I don't feel like that's really, they're communicating in, in a sense Maybe they mm -hmm. are. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I think it's yeah. valuable what you're sharing, especially because so many people are dealing with a family member or someone with dementia. And I think more and more as we're aging, right, as the baby boomers and mm. Gen X are, are moving into those years, I think it's going to be a bigger, a much bigger issue. But yes. I mean, you feel that everybody can do this, right, that can have that kind of connection. I, I do. I'm going to maintain that we can all learn to channel. That does not mean that everybody wants to. Um, and that doesn't mean that everybody can learn to channel like me. I, I channel like me because I'm me, but I teach people to channel like them, you know, like themselves. And so channeling is, is just, most of it is learning to get out of our own way to start to trust the wisdom and guidance that's coming through. It's a different frequency than we're accustomed to listening for or listening to. So we're training ourselves out of our self doubt. We're training ourselves in into a subtle listening realm where we can notice, observe, receive what's what's there for us. And then we're training ourselves in the process of really opening and trusting, trusting that and acting on that place, acting as if it was true, even though the outer culture would say, if it doesn't come through our five sensory system, you can't believe it. And that's just not what I believe at all. We have this sixth sense. It's intuition. We all have it. It's the place from which I channel. Therefore, I believe we can all learn to channel. And this is why I teach it. I agree. And I love what you're sharing because I think you're so right. We are often in our own way. We're not open to this kind of information. Uh, whatever social conditioning, uh, you know, religious upbringing or whatever might get in the way I, I mean, we've all had those feelings, you know, this isn't right. I shouldn't be here. There's something, there's something wrong. And that's the place, right? That's what, what you're teaching people to tap into and to believe and trust in that information that they're receiving. Yes, essentially it's love. And so this is why I feel very confident getting into a conversation with someone who um, fears it because we've been taught all the things we fear, we've been taught to fear, um, unless it's something innate like fear of a snake or, you know, a scorpion or something that's deep within our self-preservation. Right. Um, but other than that, if we're talking about religion or we're talking about what we've learned from family of origin, um, or mainstream, and we've been taught to fear what comes through our sixth sense, that which can't be, you know, validated through five sensory study, um, then we can unlearn anything we've learned, we can unlearn. And I'm only channeling from the place of love. Uh, I channel from fifth dimensional consciousness, which is also known as unity consciousness. It is all love. It is the interconnection of 
of all beings, all life, all, all love on the planet. And so there is nothing to fear there. What comes through is only love. And to touch on something you said a bit earlier, Diane, there are different ways um, of channeling, of course, um, when you were describing someone's body being, you know, temporarily inhabited by another energy, that's called trance channeling. I am not a trance channeler. Um, I, I do what's called conscious channeling, which is that I'm, I'm very aware of what's present. I am, I am the one that is inhabiting the fullness of my body and my space, but I am inviting in conversation, communication, words, imagery, you know, pictures, understanding so that uh, I can serve my clients so that I can understand things at a deeper level and be able to guide in that way. And there's different forms of channeling as well. Um, but for, for me, I would be very uncomfortable um, doing trans channeling. One, I don't know enough about it to know how to feel safe and protected. And um, two, I just really want to be the only one here present, you know, in, in this physical space that I inhabit. So um, that's, that's one distinction that is helpful. You, you can choose, this is what I teach in my classes, you can choose how you want to receive information. Um, our guides, our spirit guides will meet us where we're at. And so if something comes through and it doesn't feel good or um, comfortable to you, you can say, is there another way you can help me with this or another way you can show me this or teach me this um, that feels more like this or um, doesn't make me feel afraid in this way. We, we get to refine, I believe, how we work with spirit uh, because spirit really does want to stay with us, support us, um, show us the path of love. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. And in your experience, I mean, do you still feel your, your mother today? Do you feel that connection and, and receive messages just kind of on a regular basis. Does it get stronger, I guess, like a muscle, the more you develop it? Well, intuition definitely gets stronger the more you use it, because once you break free of your self-doubt, then it can be a great service to you. So I will say that with regards to my mother, yes, she can be very pesky. So she is, <laughs> she is a loving pesky presence um, constantly. And I say pesky because she tends to send um, a male cardinal to harass us. At this point, I can call it harassment, comes to the window every day, wakes my one of my kids up at all hours of the morning. Um, and she's been doing this since she passed over nine years ago. So different birds, I, I'm sure, because their lifespan I don't think is quite that long, but it is her signal. And this is how a lot of our loved ones send messages and get our attention is through animals, um, feathers, you know, all sorts of, of cool ways like that you can read all about different signs from spirit. But what I learned in that real like transformation of myself as a vessel to receive connection and guidance from and with my mother 
um, it serves me in every single aspect of my life. So I could, you know, I can ask her or any of my other ancestors for guidance and advice about things and really receive beautiful um, transmission from that perspective. And then with my mom in particular, there's just a whole lot of joy. She laughed a lot. She loved the natural world. She was fascinated by plants and flowers and animals and seeing a squirrel eating an acorn. You would think that was the most, it was just the biggest thing to her. And she would laugh and um, had figurines of squirrels all over her house. They were like her favorite animal to watch along with cardinals, blue jays and chickadees. So we get to stay connected in this way and it's beautiful and I love it. It's entertaining and it's fun and it's lighthearted. That sounds great. She sounds very playful. <laughs> she <laughs> was, she is. Yes. And I, and I think Cardinals, uh, well, birds, I think are, are very spiritual um, and people just don't pay attention to them enough. And they do leave us messages. Um, a, a good friend of mine here, actually, she wrote a whole book on her channel experience with her mother uh, called The Next Room. Um, she's one of our mm. podcasters, Jane Asher, and her mother leaves her dimes. And so mm. these dimes throw, you know, are thrown everywhere and, and she finds them. And I think we do get those little taps on the shoulder and signs and we just, you know, kind of throw up barriers and, and we ignore them. Yeah, um, we're very distracted. Yeah. <laughs> and so myself included, this is why we have to um, really calibrate our our awakeness and our awareness to the more subtle, because it's very easy to step right over or step on a dime and not notice it. It takes another level of presence to be awake, aware, and scanning for these messages. So, and they're everywhere. And our guides are very, and our ancestors as well, they're very patient. They'll, they'll keep dropping the messages and the hints and the treasures. Um, so don't, don't lose heart. It's not too late. Even if you've missed some, <laughs> there are more coming. So do you think maybe the first step is just to have a, a little bit more awareness or just to maybe decide, okay, I'm going to be open to receiving messages and, and to doing this kind of work and then to work with someone like you, of course, you know, is going to be super helpful, but maybe just getting over the self-doubt would be a great first step. Yeah. And, and I'll just tweak that wording a little bit because I don't know that we ever get over our self-doubt. I still have self-doubt, you know, so I'm still doing the soul having a human experience thing, but what all that's really necessary to learn any new skill is interest and a willingness to show up any new skill and channeling is a skill. So if you're interested, if you're curious, then first I would say, start watching those who have very high integrity in their work. And you can find lots and lots of videos and recommendations on the internet for that. And then see who you're drawn to. I, I do believe in mentorship. I, you know, I think we're not really meant to do uh, everything on our own. Why? There's so many billions of people here. <laughs> There's so many people with great gifts and skills to be shared. So if, if you find someone you resonate with, then you can take, you know, watch some of their online classes or just start, start to follow their, their work and see where that leads you. But I will say this, that some form of meditation is key because without finding a way to get a little bit of space or distance between your thoughts you are not going to be able to hear from the subtle energy, from the subtle realm that spirit communicates from. 
So that's going to be a, a necessary foundational piece. Now, having said that, you don't have to be good at meditating to channel. I don't consider myself a great meditator. I have a lot of intrusive thoughts that come through, but I keep showing up and I keep trying different types of practices. And there's so many different ways to meditate. I do my best meditating outside in my garden um, or in the natural world, just anywhere in general or next to some trees. But for someone else, it might be different. Um, walk, walking meditations are options, sitting in stillness by water, um, doing something in your home where it's a guided meditation that you listen to. There's endless ways to meditate and it is necessary in order for you to be able to perceive what's coming through from the subtle loving realms. That's what I believe. Yeah. Just to get quiet, right? I mean, and, yes. and give yourself the chance to receive that information. I'm a big fan of walking meditation. I love to do that. And I love the silence. And I remember when I first started meditating, I thought I had to set the stage and it had to be perfect with the cushion <laughs> and the music and everything. Yes. And then as I started doing it more, I'm like, this music is distracting me. Now I'm thinking about the music. And so I threw that out the window and, you know, just really tried to, you know, be comfortable. A lot of people are not comfortable with silence. I think that's interesting too, because we're in just such a, you know, a loud world that we're constantly bombarded with stimulation. So getting quiet can take, you know, a little bit of getting used to, um, but that's how I work with it. And you're right. Like people need to not beat themselves up over what way of meditation is going to work best for them. I think if you can just give yourself a few minutes of silence, even just to start and then open up to be able to receive those messages, you know, it'll get easier, right? The yes. More, the more you do that. Exactly. It's something that we just need to continue to show up to. Um, it's a practice, right? Just like anything else that's important. And it, the benefits are immense. And there's tools you can use. In fact, I'm a big fan of the HeartMath Institute. I don't know if you're familiar with their oh, work. Sure. But yeah. So they have a device for meditation. I love this thing. It's called the, I think the inner balance. It hooks onto my earlobe and connects to an app on my phone and I can get a visual readout and it tells me when to breathe um, of, of my heart brain coherence where I can, where I'm bringing myself, my thoughts and my heart rate into more harmony with each other. That's meditating. That's powerful meditating. And so for those who really are attracted to um, specific information or informational readout, that's a great tool to have. Also chanting is really nice. If you don't like silence, um, find some chants that are powerful for you. I like to use ones that are in the Sanskrit language because that feels like a very strong, powerful energy um, balancing um, language to me. So I might chant or listen to chanting for that matter. Right. Like Krishna Das or yes. um, some kind of Kirtan music. Or yes. Something like that. It's gorgeous. It is. It, it's so relaxing. I love that. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. So I'm sure everybody asks you this when you're actually channeling, but do you feel something kind of come through? Do you feel an energy? I'm sure everybody says, well, what does it feel like? You know, mm. I'm sure it's different for everybody, but what do you feel when you're doing it? For me, I, I channel basically strictly by request. So that means I call in who I'm looking to connect with. I, I don't ever say, hey, whoever's here, come through. That's just not the way I prefer to work. So if a client says they want to hear from their higher self, 
um, about, and, and then they ask a question, then I will tune in, meaning I go to that still, quiet, open space, trusting space within myself, and I listen, and I invite in their higher self. And when their higher self is present, I do have affirmation that I feel physically because it comes through like chills, you know, like um, goosebumps. And then I'm aware, you know, okay, cool. Here, here you are. And then I bring the message. I basically, there's, I don't know, a melding of sorts. I, I, I lend my articulators is the way that the speech therapy, a speech therapist in, in me likes to say it to, to them, to that energy or soul to articulate their message. And then when the message is complete, our work is complete and that energy is gone. What, what I feel um, is it's pleasant. You know, there's like, it's kind of like I'm hosting someone who's very respectful of my home. <laughs> and, and that's just an analogy, but it's, it doesn't ever feel uncomfortable to me, but I also have an agreement with my guides that I'm only going to channel from the uh, frequency that either I hold or that's higher than mine. So what feels denser or more um, uncomfortable, or some might say um, scary in, in some ways, I don't channel that. That's not, that's not even allowed through in my, in my work or in my presence. So I have guides that, of protection that support me in that. They're the gatekeepers, I call them. And so I know that what I tune into will be of a vibrational match to me or to a higher frequency than myself. That's interesting to hear your process because over the years, I'm, I've seen a, a lot of mediums at work. You know, when I was at Hay House and we did all the big events, you know, I would watch uh, John Holland and James von Prague and these people. And it's interesting how a medium will start a demonstration and say, kind of like they're opening the door, or turning on the spigot or something like that, waiting for people to come in. And in your case, you're, you're doing it a little bit differently. So it's, mm -hmm. it's interesting to hear your process, but I'm sure people ask this too, because I think there's a fear of, of red and, and talk to some people that where they're afraid of going into meditation, that you're going to open the door to a, a negative entity or a negative energy. And I mean, I don't know if I really believe in a quote devil or Satan or anything like that, but I do think that there are, there's a lot of negativity or an evil, maybe that's not even the right word. I guess, you know what I mean? What, yeah, what, would, I do. You, what would you say to that for people that are nervous or afraid of even being in contact with that kind of energy? Yes. Well, first, I, I totally get that. And we are really nurtured on that fear, aren't we? I mean, yes. just look at Hollywood in general. <laughs> There's evil lurking around every corner. Um, and I don't know that I'm that I, I'm one who believes in devil or, you know, evil of that nature, though we can certainly behave from a place of evil. And we see that all the time right now on the planet. Um, and so, you know, Marianne Williamson would call it non-love or love versus fear. And it's, it's a low frequency and there's plenty of low vibration around. You don't have to look hard at all to find it. In fact, open up your social media feed. There you are a whole buffet of low vibrational <laughs> <Right>. stuff. <laughs> So it's easy to find, it, yes. It's easy to find. And I do believe we have a responsibility to our own um, energetic hygiene. 
And this is where meditation practice is essential and also where our conversations with our spirit guide team is essential. And that could include your angels or your ancestors or whoever is a trusting presence, love, trusting, loving presence for you. So um, if you are having, if you're really grouchy and grumpy and in the lower vibe, say you are more likely to see and feel and sense and experience that more of that, right? Well, this is kind of going back to the Abraham Hicks work. Like we are where we're doing the Hicks work. We're at that point of attraction. So we have a responsibility to keep as clean and high vibrational and energetic field for ourselves as we possibly can, two reasons. Um, we ripple that out to the planet and the planet really does deserve to have the best frequency from us. And also it's just a lot more easeful and joyful to operate in that way. And we're, we're made of that. We're meant to be divine loving beings. So I understand the fear of it, which is why I like to, when I teach this, we, the foundational pieces that I absolutely cover without fail are how do we maintain ourselves as the highest vibrational loving energy that we can. And there are a lot of ways to do that. And how do we release the lower, that lower stuff, which we also can bring in. We can also be that actually act from that. That's where this violence and destruction and domination and everything that we see going on in humanity's choices, you know, we, we are that too. We have both options available to us at any moment in time. So we have to choose wisely and consciously. Yes. And I think that really one can exist without the other, right? It's kind of the, the, the yin and yang type of thing. You, you need one and, and the other. It, yeah, well, you know, to have some yeah. kind of balance, you know, we certainly have to know of them, you know, how do we know what we want, unless we know what we don't want, again, going back to Abraham Hicks stuff. This is just how we best operate with our thinking mind and our organizational mind and sorting things out. So the contrast effect is very important for us to know. That's how we really make our choices. And once you know how it feels to hold the higher frequency and be in that loving vibration, you will want to choose that more and more. And you'll find many different ways to recalibrate your energetics to that way. Yes, yes, absolutely. And the Hicks do talk about that a lot. And I've heard Esther mention the contrast in, in a lot of her talks. So mm -hmm. this might seem a weird question. It just kind of popped into my head. But when when people bring up channeling, um, sometimes something that might come up is a Ouija board. And I, and this maybe go, goes back to my slumber party days when we would play around with that, you know, I mean, I never had like a weird experience happen. I mean, do you think, I mean, Parker brothers makes it, I guess, what, what is your opinion on what that is? Do you think it's some people like, Oh, stay away from the Ouija board, you know, can you maybe work with it as a tool or should it just be a party game or what? Well, that's funny. I don't, I don't have a lot of insight to offer on the Ouija board, but what I, you know, when I teach channeling, I use a letter grid. So it has all the alphabet letters on it. And I teach people how to get using a pendulum, how to get a name of their spirit guide, um, how to get a name of an ancestor that's with them, how to spell out simple, you know, guidance in like one or two words. There's a lot of different, a lot of value that can come from learning to channel in ways that 
things are spelled out. That's how I learned. I learned with a pendulum and an alphabet grid. And the first time my pendulum really started to move and I, I was, there was no question that I hadn't just sent it in that direction. <laughs> I think I became so freaked out that I threw it and it chipped. Um, so <laughs> it's kind of shocking when you show up to the practice that there is this beautiful way to connect with, with energy. And there are a lot of different tools to do it. I would not choose the Ouija board as a tool um, only because I don't view it as something that's spiritual <laughs> okay. or spiritually connected necessarily. And there's, there's fear around it, right? Most people have heard of it. Most people will comment, oh, don't do that, or you should avoid that. I don't know enough about it to, you know, yay or nay, if it's something that uh, should be done. But the fact that I believe if I'm incorrect, just let me know, Diane, I think a number of people put their fingers on the the tool that moves around and spells yes. something. So you are, you are getting input from multiple you know, humans or souls, which I think is very confusing. Um, how does that work? You know, who's influencing it more? I, I don't know. I don't have answers here, but if you want to learn to channel, that is not where I would send you. Okay. Just curious. <laughs> <laughs> Just curious. Cause I have, you know, played with that before as, as a teenager. And I think there is a lot of fear around it. And then when you see it in the store, it's marketed as a game, you know, mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I was just curious of, of what you thought about that. So how can people get in touch with you if they want to work with you? I mean, um, your website is Soul Insights. Is that the best place? Yes, soulinsight.com. And that's where I post all of my upcoming courses. Um, all of my podcasts are on there and you can make a private session appointment or join one of my group channeling sessions if you'd like. That would be amazing. I might have to check that out. Yeah. So I'm going to send people to your website and see what happens. But I hope that people listening will at least, you know, try to open open the door to, uh, you know, a, a higher consciousness, a higher awareness, you know, all in all in love. I mean, we need all the help we can get at this stage of the game, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. way, the way things are going now. So it's great that there's people like you that are are out there and, um, and offering your gifts. So I want to thank you so much for talking with us today and tell me the name of your podcast too. I didn't even know you had a podcast. Oh, it's not mine. I just meant the recordings I've done on other podcasts. Oh, okay. I, yes. <laughs> Got it. Like this one. <laughs> I happily, yes, rely on people like you to feature my work. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And thanks for talking to me today. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. If you like this podcast, please make sure you follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And make sure you check out all the other amazing podcasters on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. 
they just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.